welcome to Men Hurt 2, a series brought to you by hashtag Coffee with T, and I'm T. Men Hurt 2 is a safe place where men get to share their truth based on their experience, their education, and just the conversations that they have with other men. I'm always excited on Monday because I love to learn from our brothers. I love to hear the truth about men from who better than men. So I'm happy to have with me today, Andre Turnbull. So I'm gonna bring Andre right on in because I have Andre's bio. Andre Turnbull is Jamaican born visionary and is the founder of Turnbull Enterprises LLC, a parent company for several business brands, which include FWRD Academy, House of Redolence, Mogul Apparel and the Mogul Summit. Andre is a certified master life coach and corporate training and development specialist in partnership with Prior Learning Solutions. Through this partnership, Andre has facilitated over 130 public and on-site seminars tailored to frontline staff of small to large corporations across the United States of America. I'm gonna stop right there because we're gonna talk about this other stuff because I got some stuff highlighted that I need to talk about and some <laughs> questions that I need to ask. So welcome, Andre. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. I'm so glad you're here. First of all, I love y'all. I love that I get to talk to the men because I get to talk to the men behind the scenes and we have some great <laughs> yes. conversations behind the scenes, but right. that's our business. But anyway, Andre, <laughs> the first thing I like to ask my men is I want to know a little bit about your blueprint. So tell me a little bit about how you were raised. Tell me a little bit about your relationship with your mom and your dad. So uh, Jamaican born, um, born in Jamaica, I came here when I was a child. Um, but uh, in terms of my upbringing, um, went to high school there in Jamaica, and um, I lived while I was there uh, with my grandmother, and um, oh. raised yeah raised partly by my grandmother, but my mother was uh, still very very active um, even though she was living here in the states uh, while I was there doing um, you know in high school. Um, but she she was yeah very much a part of my life, very was very on top of everything along with my grandmother. So was raised yeah partly by her and uh, yeah it was it was it was quite quite the upbringing um I was I was told that I have somewhat of an old soul and I think a lot of that came from my grandmother because I learned a lot from her I learned to cook from my grandma I learned how to make my bed from my grandmother um yeah I learned how to pray by my grandma how to, how to read the bible that it all started with 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 her you know and of course you know my, my mom did um, everything that she could, of course, uh, to make sure that she was a part of that uh, upbringing. So yeah, as far as my father, um, my biological father, not much of a relationship there, but it's not strained either. It's not a, it's not like a, we don't, you know, we don't talk or whatever, because whenever I get back to Jamaica, of course, I always, you know, always hit him up to let him know, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm in the country and, you know, let's link up and we talk and whatever. But for the most part, it was my stepfather who was in my life as far as a father figure for majority um, of my life since I was, I don't say since I was seven. Uh, he was, you wow. know, he was married to my mom for a very, very long time. Um, they were married for a long time until things kind of went sour, and you know that re that relationship now became strained between uh, he and I. But you know, now we are in a much better place. Thank God, um, we're, we're able to be cordial and mutual, and 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 have mutual respect for each other. So yeah, that's kind of like uh, the blueprint, if you will. That's 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 where it all started. That just gave me a whole plethora of questions. But anyway, <laughs> oh, yeah, so, it, so your step, does your mom and stepfather have children together? Yes, uh, that that would be my little sister. So, well, now she's not little anymore; she's an adult. But that's my yeah, my younger sister. Uh, that's the only child they had together. Yeah. Okay, so mm -hmm. you said it got a little strained with your stepfather. So you had your, and this is what I, I why I'd like to touch on these things. 
Because mm-hmm. I like people to understand that when, when our parents need to understand that when we marry somebody and when, mm-hmm. it, and we have children, our children form their own relationship with them. So when it goes right. south with you, you're not yeah. the only one that has to go through a breakup. And mm-hmm. a lot of times as young people, we don't have the option to say, well, mm-hmm. I still like him. So right. before your relationship, before your mom and your stepfather had trouble and, and parted ways, mm-hmm. how was your relationship with him and how did it affect you after you had to kind of sort of shift? So our relationship was great. We had a great relationship because I do also have an older sister. Um, and the relationship, with, everybody had a great relationship with him because he was a, he, he's a great guy. Um, well, from, from what I gathered <laughs> right before things kind of went left, but <laughs> the relationship that we had was really, really good. Um, that was the only father I knew, you know, that we, that was the only father that, you know, took me places and, and bought me my first, you know, uh, you know, those, those, those sets that you could put together with the trains and the, 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 yes. the all the tracks and stuff. I, I loved, I used to love that. And he bought me my first one. And I remember we sat down, I think I was about eight and we put it together and he made sure it worked. And it was just like, the relationship was great. It was, it was really amazing. Um, that was, that was someone I, lo- I really loved, you know, not that I have, I don't have some love left for him, but it's, it's maybe not as much as, as it was before, but that was, that was someone I looked up to and loved because I saw how he, you know, he, he loved my mom and, and how he took care of us um, until things, you know, things went, went sour. And, and I think that was the part where I got a little bit confused because I didn't know, because I felt like almost I, I was being introduced to someone else. Wow. And so now the person that I once knew, I'm like, where did that guy go? Like, what happened to him? And that made me very angry. And, and I went through years of, of, of dealing with a lot of like built up anger because I'm like, I felt betrayed, number one, because I'm like, I thought you were this person, but then you became a whole different person. And I'm like, I don't understand who this is. Um, but as I got older, um, I had to realize that he also needed grace because he also had his own childhood, like lots of traumatic issues and a lot of things that were never addressed. Um, And these are things that I also saw growing up um, with his side of the family and and the strained relationship, even with his mother um, and a lot of different things. So I I noticed a lot of those things. And as I got older, I'm like, okay, well, that makes, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. Not that it's an excuse but I, I was able to look at it from a different perspective and offer some grace there to say, you know what, he's only human, number one, and he was going through his own thing and, and he's had to shoulder a lot of things himself. And so coming into this, he just didn't really know how to do a lot of things, if you, if you will. So of yeah. course that affected me a lot because I, it was heartbreaking for me. Mm. And it almost felt like, it almost felt like a, a, a death someone to me, somewhat to me because it, it, I, I look at it as a sort of grief you know, and yes. I, I grieved for years because I'm like, this is like, you know, even when I look at it now and my mom is, has passed um, and they were divorced for like maybe eight, nine, about eight years before my mom, my mom passed away. And so I look at my kids now and sometimes I, I wish we still had that relationship because, you know, this could have, you know, been his, his grandkids, you know, and oh, they could have wow. been. They, yeah. So I, I, I often think about that and it breaks my heart. Um, we, you know, we, we, we were set to like get together sometime last year, but the pandemic hit, uh, to just kind of like talk, you know, and just kind of re- see what, see what we can do in terms of like, just coming back together on some sort of cordial manner, you know, but, um, yeah, that didn't, that hasn't happened yet, but I'm, I'm hoping that will at some point. So. Oh, you miss your dad. Oh my goodness. I, I do. I do. I do. I do. 
please don't make me cry. It's too early in the morning for this. Sometimes some stuff hits because it resonates with things that I've gone through with my sons. But Mm -hmm. I hope that you guys reconcile. But it was one thing that you said, and I always say this because I teach a program to women who are dealing with infidelity. And I do a program called the Recovery Room because grief is a part of a breakup because Mm -hmm. a breakup is the death of a relationship. And people don't understand that. You have to go through the grieving stages because it's the death of something. Because grief is from something that we became bonded to. So, Mm -hmm. and another question, how was it to watch your mother grieve through the death of that relationship? Um, You know, so the, the, the thing about that is, even before we get to like the part of watching her deal with that, because the relationship between them got really tumultuous. Like it was, it was, oh. it was really drained. So, and it was, it was abusive. It was abusive and on many different levels. And I used to wonder why she would put up with this. And I used to, you know, aside from my anger being towards him, I was also frustrated and somewhat resentful towards her because I'm like, why is this, why are we, you know, why, why is this happening? And why are you even putting up with this? Because now my, my little sister's in the mix and she see, she's seeing these things. And I'm like, why don't you just, just divorce? Like, just, just be done because we're seeing this stuff. It's not like, it's not like you guys are hiding it. Like it's, it's, it's happening right in front of us. And so um, it came to a point where uh, she finally, you know, mustered up the courage to, to, to just file for divorce and, and they got a divorce. And I watched her, I could tell it was hard for her, but she still kept, um, you know, that, 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 you know, that, that, you know, you, you know, women, yeah. y'all, 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 especially black women, y'all put I on, got this. yeah, you got this. And so she was, she was that type of mom and she, she, you know, put her best foot forward, but I could tell it, it, it affected her on many different levels because even after the divorce, they still had a strained relationship. It was still strained. It was still back and forth and bickering. And it was, it was a lot. And so, but eventually I watched her, you know, build herself back up and, 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 you know, stood firm on her own two feet. And, and, you know, eventually it, you know, she got, she got herself back together, but, you know, unfortunately she got ill after, after some time and, 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 and transition. So, yeah, wow. but, uh, it, was, it was, it was, it was tough. It was tough. It was tough to see. Wow. Yes. See, I, I just want women and men and every, the world listening to understand that they, the title men hurt too. Like there's a lot that we don't acknowledge when it comes to men, even for your stepfather, like you said, he had a strained relationship with his mother. He had a horrible, you know, things were going on in his family that I was watching and he was processing that while trying to be the man that we wanted him to be. So I just want to understand that it's not easy being a man because as soon as you come out and they say it's a boy, you're no longer a human. All yeah. of these it's boy and man demands become part of your life. Machine. Don't cry. Don't cheat. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So speaking of grief, since we're on that topic, mm-hmm. and we all think that when men lose somebody, you know, you're okay. Like women, we get to flounder all over the place and we get to cry for months and we get to do this. To lose your mother, I lost my mother 16 years ago to breast cancer and it still hurts me today. Like moments, like mm-hmm. I, I want my mother, like, Recently, mm-hmm. I cooked last night and I had a whole moment about my mom because the food tastes just like her food or whatever. Right, right, but how, right. I just, I'm so sorry you don't have your mother. But how okay. do men process grief? And is it, does it make you feel like I can't grieve or do you hide in the grief or do you feel the same pain that I feel because I lost my mother? 
So, all right. So I'm going to take my time and like slip right into this, right? Mm -hmm. um, because there's so many, not, there's a few layers to this. And so when, when she got ill, um, she got ill in April of 2013, to be exact. And uh, she was ill for like seven and a half months. And to this day, it's still unclear how she just died from this, whatever they diagnosed her with. It, she was too young to have it anyway. But that's a whole different story because we still don't know what happened. Um, but I, I feel like, for, yeah, it was, she died from, um, this, she, she had a disease called myelodysplastic syndrome, which is a form of, um, a rare form of leukemia. It's like blood cancer. And wow. so normally the people who die from that are normally like maybe in their sixties or seventies or have been exposed to cancer before she had neither of these, like she was, she was, she was 54 when she died and, uh, never had cancer before. Uh, the only thing that she had was like borderline diabetes, which she kicked anyway, because she, took good care of herself. So that's, that's another thing that kind of like trips me up about, you know, how this happened. But um, she went on life support for the last three weeks of her life. Oh. I think this is where the grief started for me mm. because um, I felt, and I, I felt it very strongly in my spirit. I knew, I knew that this was going to be it. I just didn't know exactly when, but I knew this was going to take place. And so my grieving process started from then. And so another part of it was the fact that I knew at the time uh, my, my children's mother, she was pregnant with my girls. And so now I'm like, okay, all right. So this is going to happen and my mother's not gonna get to see her grandkids. Wow. And that's what, that, that part of it right there. And to this day, I still battle with that because I, 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 I wish she was here to see them. I wish she was here to hold them and to not only be a grandmother, but to see me, her only son in this capacity, you know, being a father. And yeah. so the grieving process, it was, it was, it was horrible. I mean, to tell you the truth, it was horrible because when she passed on December 2nd, uh, 2013, you're talking about like maybe a month and a half, close to two months. My kids were born in February. So the grieving process for me in terms of like dealing with, with, with now losing her, I had to shut that off because now I had to turn on being a father. Like I had right. to like okay, get into that mode. Like, okay, I'm, I'm a father. Um, what I now have to pour out love into two new human beings after just losing a human being that is, that meant so much to me. So for months I went on and on and on and acted like not acting like nothing happened, but just trying to be a father and just trying to uh, get, you know, acclimated to this new role. And eventually things, things just went South for me um, in terms of my health, because I had a heart condition and um, which I still do, but that started to affect me. And the next thing you know, I couldn't work. Um, and I sank into deep depression and I couldn't sleep at night, couldn't work, couldn't eat, couldn't do anything for months. And I had to go to therapy and I started therapy then. And even so I did six weeks of therapy and I had to stop because I realized it was too much. Yeah, I, could, I, I wasn't even ready for therapy because wow. I was not, I, yeah, I wasn't, I really wasn't because I had to stop going because it's too much, it's too, it's too much because now I had to start digging up, you know, childhood things. And I'm like, I can't deal with this right now because I'm still, I'm still grieving my mother and I've not yet grasped the whole idea of like what this is. And so, um, you know, I, I, I took the time to grieve and took the time to feel everything that I was feeling at every given moment. If there was a moment that I had to cry, I cried. Um, if there were moments that I had to just laugh about some, some fond memory I had of her, I, I dealt with it. And that's, you know, those are things that I learned in therapy also. Um, and yeah, I had, I just had to, to, to keep going and keep going. But in terms of how it felt, I, I felt like something was ripped away from like stripped away from me completely. 
And it, it's, a, it's a void that still, I don't think it will ever be filled ever because it's still, it's still a raw emotion for me. It's still raw. And, you know, there are times when I talk about her, I, I, I can't stop myself from crying because I, I, I just remember how much she went through and how the transition, how everything went. And the fact that the mere fact that she left, she transitioned and never got to see her grandkids. So that, that was, you know, terrible. It was, it was a horrible, horrible thing for me. But wow. um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I totally get it. And it's so funny. You said your mom passed on December 2nd. That's my mother's birthday. That's crazy. I'm, I'm never going to yeah. get the interview. But yeah. we talk about grief and we talk about men and, and to be able to try to deal with that grief, to be grieving and happy at the same time is totally a mind. Mm-hmm. That That's mental right there. But I, w- I want yeah. some people to hear this too. You said, mm-hmm. I had to stop therapy because I was not ready. Right. Not let people force you into being in, th- in therapy. Yes. Yeah, because that, that could be detrimental yeah. to your mental health too. Oh, like I, yeah. I don't want to talk about <laughs> right being beat by my father, or I don't want to mm-hmm. talk about you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I'm I just had two twin girls, which mm-hmm. thank God and God is good because he always knows what to give us when we need yes. it. Yes. Oh, that's for he, sure. <laughs> for I sure. mean, and not that they replace your mom, but double for double for your trouble. Good like trouble, it, yeah. it's two beautiful baby girls. Because if you mm-hmm. don't know, Andre has twin daughters who are seven years old. Yeah. Lady, so we already know because we women what that's gonna look like for you for the rest of your life. So <laughs> yeah. you know, and then you know, now let's talk about you know dealing with the mother of your children, right? Mm-hmm. So co-parenting and dealing with the mother of your children mm-hmm. when you have a mother, because I, I don't sometimes I don't understand, but I, that's why I'm here with you to ask you these questions: How men treat women, you know, bad or cheat or, or do things that that are unsavory. When you have a mother and sister, why do you, why do, how could you treat another woman when you got a mother and sister like that? But we could talk about that too. But how do you, how did you begin to balance the relationship with a woman after losing your mother? Because that's the greatest loss of losing a woman. How did you get your emotions back in check and, and balance that thing out? Yeah. So at the time we were, we were married. Uh, we were married. Uh, we've been, we were married for 11 years. So at the time we were married. Um, and so it was, there was also that being a, being a husband too. Right. And so, um, thankfully uh, she was very supportive during that time, very supportive. Um, and that's something that I, I will always be grateful to her for. And she, she really helped me, um, you know, get, get through it somewhat and, and just being there and just being supportive and being an ear, uh, just for me to, you know, for, for, to, to listen to me. Um, she may not have understood the depth of, of, of the emotions and what I was feeling, because obviously she's, she didn't lose her mom. Right. So it, that, that it's in itself. And, and, and I must say, I, I dealt with a lot of different emotions, right. Sometimes my emotions were up, sometimes they were down. And sometimes I, 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 I had outbursts, not, not, not necessarily in anger, but just, just, I, I would just lash out sometimes because I was dealing with all these emotions and I'm trying to sift through this, all these emotions that I'm feeling because now I'm father, I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. And then I'm, I, I'm, I lost my mom. And, um, and on top of that, when she passed, my younger sister had to come and live with us because she could no longer live in a house by herself. Oh, and so wow. I had to take on that father role too, you know what I mean? Of being a father to her. 
and making sure that she was in school and that, you know, I'm talking about PTA meetings. I was, I was there. I had to do all of these things. So a lot of these, th- I was being pulled in a lot of different directions. And so it, 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 it was rough. It was rough. And, you know, we, we, we had our moments, we had our moments when it was, when it was tough and it was, it was, it was tumultuous, but, you know, we, we, we got through them as time went on and, um, you know, but it, it, unfortunately we, we are not together anymore. And that's, you know, I do believe that that is the best for both of us at this point. Um, and, and for the sake of our children, uh, you know, one thing we have, we have decided on is to, aside from whatever personal issues we may have with each other, our daughters need us and they need two healthy parents and they need two parents who, who love them and care about them. And that's what that needs to be about right now. And every other thing that we, we need to do with our personal issues on our own um, and just be parents and, and co-parent the best way that we can, because at the end of the day, they didn't ask for this, right? They didn't ask for any of them. They didn't ask to be here and they're here and they're our responsibility and we got to do what we got to do to make sure that they're okay. So Right. And you said something key at the beginning that mm-hmm. your mother and your stepfather, at some point you, in your mind, and, and we as parents don't really understand this, mm-hmm. the kids are thinking, well, why don't y'all just get a divorce? Because this is too much for right. us. Yeah. So, did that shed light on you to be how you are in a relationship with your children's mother that I know that being in the house hearing my parents yelling and screaming at each other, I mm-hmm. felt myself that it would be better to be in a healthy house uh, than a broken house with two parents. So did that yes. give you some kind of inkling of saying, I'm not going to do that to my kids? Right. It, it, it did. It did. Um, I had to, I had to make that decision and it's not like we just gave up and didn't try. We tried. Right. Um, but it had to come to a point where we were like, you know what? Um, it's, I think it's because it's one thing to, cause we always talk about, we always hear about broken homes and, and we, we, we attribute broken homes to a single parent household. That's not necessarily it because you can have a single parent household and it's still be a a whole home, right? It's still. It you may not say be that again. I need you to parents. say that one more time. Say that again. No, it, yeah, it's it's a, a a broken home is not necessarily a home with with because it's it's a single parent household. It it's it's a it's it all it all comes down to what what the type of environment, the type of atmosphere, and the type of of space that that parent creates for their child or children. It has because you can be in a two parent household and it is broken. It is oh. terrible, and it's just it's just there for as a facade and as a face. You know what I mean? To show people like, hey, we're, we're from a two-parent household and this is what, no, because I've, I've met people who have come from two-parent household who are horrible people, <laughs> who are right. people who all kinds of stuff was happening in their house. And because of an image, they, they, their parents stayed together and it was, a, it was a toxic and unhealthy environment. Then they came about and, and repeated the same thing. So I decided, no, I'm not going to have my, my kids grow up in the, no, I'd, I'd rather us go our separate ways, figure out our own stuff. Because at the end of the day, we both came into this marriage with our own baggage. And projected our own things onto each other, you know. Hmm. And that's one thing I will never sit here and like point fingers, and because it, it's easy to do that. But we both did, so it, it has to come to a point where somebody has to make the decision. Say, you know what, this is not healthy. This is not good anymore, and it's okay for us to just go our separate ways. You know, hmm. of course it's good. It's going to bring up and it's going to unearth a lot of things and a lot of feelings and a lot of emotions, and there may be a lot of hurt involved. But at the same time, it's our responsibility to heal from, to heal from that hurt anyway. Right, in hmm. order to forward as parents for our children. So, yeah. You just gave me a whole therapy session. I love you so much. Listen here. Thank you. Thank you. Because people, like you said, we, we got to understand mm-hmm. people, homes are broken with two parents in them. Yes. You yeah, put two people together, it. don't mean it's not two broken people. Right, and it's right. okay. Like you said, 
to part ways and say, I'm not going to kick my children's mother's back in because you spoke highly right. of her on our last panel. Right, right. And, you, and before we came on here, you said, I, I can, because we talked that you had two daughters, mm -hmm. you said yeah. their mother, like, I can never do Yeah, it. she does. She does an amazing job. She, I, I always say that they, my girls have the best mom in the world. Like, she does an incredible job with those two. And I've seen that from the moment she found out she was pregnant. It's like, she just evolved. And then when they were born, just evolved into this mom, you know, who does, so I would never, I would never take that away from her ever. I would never, ever take that away from her because she does, she does a damn good job. She really does. She really, really does. That's just some grown man-ish. I'm just going to say it. Because yeah. there's a lot of yeah. men, I, we have some good moms out here and then people get their emotions involved. So they want to yeah. bash her and tell the new girl this and nope. that, that and this. And, and listen, we went our separate ways. We cool. Yep. Our kids are healthy. They come mm -hmm. to two whole homes. They come to yeah. my home, which is whole, mm -hmm. and they come mm -hmm. to whole, her home, which is whole. And when right. when we get together, they see two whole adults that mm -hmm. love each other. We 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 right. not together, but we don't hate right. each other. We still love each other. So let's right. get to. You said something. It's okay not to be okay. Right. Talk talk a little bit that about that from a from a man standpoint. Yeah, I think I think as men, particularly black men, we are we are we are viewed as you know these machines, if you will, um, almost like we have wires running through our bodies. Um, and 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 at times, I, I have to remind myself that, and even before I got really, I wouldn't say I think I was always in tune with my emotions. I think I, I was I I was always that person. Um, but as time went on, I became somewhat calloused towards myself because I felt like I had to always be strong. And, 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 and if I showed any sign of emotion, then that, that, that means I'm weak or it means I'm, 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 I'm acting like a girl or, you know, that whole thing. That's, that's a whole separate situation. I, yeah, we ain't going to talk about that. Like we don't want, no, yeah. we ain't going to talk about that because we don't want nobody <laughs> inboxing us. Yeah. Right. So, um, but yeah, I, I had to come to, and I learned this in, in, in you know, my current therapist, um, that it's, it's okay to, to not be okay. You don't have to be okay all the time. And that's okay. You know, because we, 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 we sometimes tend to subscribe to this toxic positivity. You know, oh. like when somebody says they're not okay. It's like, oh, why are you, you know, there are other people who have it worse than you. And I, I think that's, I mean, yeah, there are other people who have it worse than me, but here, here's the thing. This is, this is my thing. And this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm going through. And this is what I'm feeling. And it's okay for me to feel my feelings right now. And if I feel sad about a particular situation, if I feel angry, if I feel, um, you know, if I feel like crying about it, if I feel uh, maybe I have to cuss at some point, I, I think I'm allowed to be that way. And it's okay to be that because at the end of the day, we are humans, right? We're humans first. We're humans Ooh. first before we're ever any, any, before we're mothers, before we're fathers, before we are brothers, sisters, spouses, whatever, whatever your title is, we're humans first. And as a human first, you are allowed to not be okay. And it's okay to not be okay. It's okay. Ooh. Now, at the end of the day, it's your responsibility, however, to not stay in that not okay space. You know, it, it's okay to feel it, but at some point you have to decide, hey, you know, even though there's no time limit given to this, but as far as I, as far as I know it, there has to come a time where you have to be, if it's starting to affect how you function as, as uh, when you're, you know, through your daily routines, if that's starting to affect even the relationships around you, then, you know, then you have to make a decision to say, you know what, I can't 
stay in the state anymore. I have to do what I need to do, whether it's through therapy, whether it's through some sort of self-care routine, whatever it is, talking to someone, do what you got to do to get out of that. But don't ever feel guilty because you're not, you, you don't feel okay. It's, it's okay. <laughs> it's fine. You know, we are given these emotions for a reason. We, yeah, we, 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 we it's okay. It's okay. Hmm, that's so good. Wait a minute. First of all, toxic positivity. Somebody oh, yeah. needs to hear that today. Because listen, don't be yeah. telling me that, mm-hmm. don't try to be positive and say somebody got right. it worse than you. That's yeah, toxic positivity. Yeah. I love yeah, that's, that's toxic all. positivity. You need to write that book. Toxic positivity. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like that before in my entire it, life. I didn't know what to call yeah. that thing. But you know what? I, I and I didn't I didn't even coin the phrase. I actually saw it like on a meme on Instagram, and I had to stop. And I said, "Wait a minute!" Because I I, I didn't know what that what that was either. Because I I'm also guilty of doing that. Right. <laughs> you know, I realized I, I'm also guilty of doing that. And I, I was like, "Wait a minute!" Toxic positivity. And I start to think of how many times I've done that to people, and people people have done that to me. And what I realized, what I was doing it when when I was doing that is kind of like negating people's feelings and telling people you can't feel. And that's like, that's, it's, it, that's, un, it's just, it doesn't make any sense because then what am I supposed to do? Where do I put these emotions? Where do I put these feelings then if I can't feel them? Cause they're made to be felt because they're feelings. So Whoa. yeah, it's, that's yeah. so good. Please. I, that you just set a whole bunch of people free and you just yeah. told the whole bunch of people yeah. about their self in a nice way. Stop oh, yeah. doing that. Yeah. Like it's like, people post, it's like people who post about God. And then in the end of the post, they say, haters gonna hate. You can't do both. You, <laughs> right. That's toxic positivity. Order. You cannot yeah. put the scripture and then yeah. at the end of the post put, haters gonna hate. Like, yeah, no, you gotta stop that. Yeah. Toxic positivity. Yeah. We gonna talk more about that in a minute. Healing yeah. is messy, but worth it. Let's talk about your healing journey and the messiness. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's messy. And I look, I, you know, the thing is, I heard that before, but my current therapist that I have, I have now, before I started with him, and I started back in August of 2019 with this, the therapist that I'm currently with. Yeah, it was August 31st, my first session with him. And before that, um, I would always hear people talk about therapy and, and how messy it is. And I never understood what they meant. You know, what, what does that even mean? Like, what is it? What do you mean messy? Is, isn't it? Isn't it to help you to, <laughs> to get over certain things? Like, what are you saying? Um, until I started. And I'm, I'm going to tell you this, it started getting messy from the first session. Because when I walked into this man's office and I sat down, he asked me, his first question to me was, who are you? And I was like, oh, well, I'm Andre. You know, I'm Andre. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm this and that. I'm a father. And he stopped me again. He said, no, who are you? And I started again. And he's like, nope. He's like, at your core, define yourself to me. And I remember I stopped and I broke down in tears. I broke down because I had no idea how to answer that question. And that's when I realized I had not even established my own identity. I didn't. I didn't know who I was. And then it started to unearth a lot of things, right? Because, you know, we, 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 we act out in certain ways and we react and we, we, um, we respond to things in a certain way. And sometimes we can chalk it up to, and even though, we can, we can say, hey, we are human, but you know, some people can say, well, this is just who I am and that's just how I am. But that's not always the case because sometimes that's coming from somewhere. <laughs> sometimes that's rooted in something else, right? And you don't realize that you're, sometimes the way you respond to certain things is actually a trauma response. 
And so I was starting to realize that a lot of ways that I was responding to things, whether it's through my interpersonal relationships with friends or, or with, with family members, or even with, uh, at the time, my, my spouse, right? A lot of things weren't necessary, even though things were said to trigger um, certain things at the end of the day, it's about how you respond to those triggers. Right? right. And so I, I realized how I was responding to a lot of things wasn't necessarily because of the person that was triggering me, so to speak, but it's because of my deeply rooted issues that I didn't have a handle on. And so as, as I went through therapy, as I, I the more I went, the more I start to unearth things. And I realized, oh, my God, like I was suffering from abandonment issues, too, um, from the mere fact that, you know, I lost the relationship with my stepfather and I, I lost my mom. That's that's abandonment. Right. It, to, to some right. degree. And so I was dealing with all of these things. And I was angry and, and there was some deeply rooted anger issues and, and having dealt with what I dealt with when I was 14 and, and going through rape and, and, and those are, so all these things. And so this is why I say it gets messy. It's, it, gets, it gets messy before it gets better because in wow. order to, 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 to heal, a lot of times we're taught even as black folks and I'll, I'll say Caribbean black folks to, to be exact. Um, we tend to sweep things under the rug sometimes, like a lot of times and, in order to really clean house, you got to lift up the carpet and you got to scrape all that stuff from up, up, up under there and actually get it out. You have to, there's no, there's no way to heal if you don't peel back the layers of, of the, you got to go to the root. You got to go to the root because if you keep clipping it off at the top, it's going to sprout. It's going to sprout. It's going to keep springing up. It's going to keep springing up. If you look at a garden, right? If, if you have weeds growing in a garden, if you keep clipping off the top of the weeds, there, there's, there's still going to be weeds around. And eventually yes. they're going to choke the plant or the plants that you're trying to you're trying to to to, to grow right but you got to get down in the room and dig it up and take it out of there so it doesn't have any sort of residue left to spring up again in any it, it, i mean sure as life goes on we're always going to have issues we're always going to have things but it's always good to go back to the root of that and figure out what that is and dig that up from the root and move on and and and, and, and deal with it so that's what i mean when it says it gets messy it it, it does it does because right. you try to heal and then you realize oh well I'm going to therapy because this person may have hurt me or whatever. And then you realize, although I was hurt by this person, I, I was also hurt by, you know, my, my, my uncle or my, you know what I'm saying? And, and because my uncle did that very similar thing <laughs> that this person did, that's, that's where that's coming from. It's not necessarily right. this one person. It's coming from an entire line of other people, you know, who, who wow. are doing things to you. So yeah, it's, it, it gets, this is what I meant by it gets, it gets messy. It gets messy, but it's, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's really worth right. it. I yeah. love this. And, and we talked about some stuff on the panel, um, the little boy inside, dealing with the little boy inside. So mm -hmm. I just want every man that's listening right now yeah. to be okay with going to therapy. And I'm so yes. glad that you share that. Like I've been with my new ther my therapist since August 31st, 20, you said 2019? 2019, yes. 2019. Like I, I, they men have to hear this from other men who look like you. Like you don't look yeah. like, a man, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm from right. the hood, right? So right. I try to connect with my audience from that angle and the angle of, I have evolved in some areas, yeah. but look at me, I'm just a, a round the way girl, just like you. So I right. want our brothers to see, yes, I'm in my hoodie today, but I put on a suit too, yeah. but I oh, don't yeah. have a therapist because I need help. <laughs> so you talked about yeah. um, uh, dealing with rape. Like mm -hmm. how, how does a man get to the point of that, even that truth, of being mm -hmm. in a situation like that and, and getting past those emotions of, of are people gonna judge me or 
or mm -hmm. am I less than, or, or did that turn me into this? So how do you get past those, that mess? Cause that's messy. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> it is. So growing up in a Jamaican culture, um, it's, the, I, I'll say this, there was not a lot of space given to, to young men to talk about things like this, if it did happen to them. Women got more space to talk about it, but also women sometimes weren't even believed that, you know, that these things happened to them. So if, if, if women can go through that and sometimes not believe, can you imagine for a little boy like right. myself? And, and I carried that. I, I shouldered that. I, I carried that for years um, and was not able to talk about it. I wasn't able to talk about it. With, and I, I mentioned it on the panel discussion that I wasn't able to tell my mom um, because I, I knew that it would have broken her heart and right. she, would have, she would have blamed herself. Um, and then I was also blaming myself for this happening to me because I was like, maybe had I gone home that night or you know, maybe that would not have happened to me. So I walked around with that guilt um, and said it was my fault this whole time. Um, and I was chalking it up to, oh, no, I was just, you know, you know, molested until I was telling my, my therapist about it. And he was like, no, that's not because, you know, you don't want to say the word rape because it's like, it's so morbid. And it's like, oh my God, you know, and it's like, right. and then he was like, no, 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 no. That's not what it is. You, you were, you were, you, you were assaulted and you were, this is what happened to you. And you have to, you have to stand in that and feel what that feels like. And I had to stand in, I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is really what happened to me. You know, because for so many years, I just held on to, oh, this just happened to me. And it's like, whatever, because I compartmentalized it and like locked it away because I'm like, can't talk about this. You talk about that, then you're, you're going to be labeled and this, that, and the third. And it's, it, yeah. So it, it was, it was, it was hard. It was right. hard and not being able to share it with some of the most important people in my life and to have them transition and not know, for instance, my mom and my grandmother died and didn't know. And then I couldn't tell my sisters and I couldn't tell anyone because I felt like it was unsafe to talk about it because right. there was no safe space at all. So I shouldered that myself and carried that around myself until I had to, to tell my therapist. And yeah, and it, it, it now I'm in a, a, thankfully I'm in a, I'm in a much better place. Um, thankfully with therapy where I can talk about it and not feel the, the sting of it, so to speak. Right. right. Even though it still brings up certain emotions because it's like, oh my God, this happened to me. But at the same time, I think where my emotions are now with this is looking at the fact that there are other little boys who have had, who had gone through that, who, who went through that or are going through that right now and can't talk. Right. So my heart breaks. That's where the heartbreak for me comes in now. Cause now I'm like, I, I'm in a better place. I can talk about it because it's my story and I get to own it. And you know, the person who did that to me doesn't own that story anymore. Like I, 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 I dealt with my emotions with that. Um, still, you know, still going through therapy, still, still talking about it, but I own my story right now. And so where my heartbreak comes from is just the fact that there are so many other people who are dealing with that. So many other little boys who can't talk about it. And so wow. I, you know, I think about how, how much they must be going through right now or you know whether it happened years ago or it's happening now but there's no safe space for them and so wow. that's yeah so that's that's where i'm at right now with this thing and trying to figure I, out how how can i be of some help you know and if, if if helping means that i tell my story then 
that's what it's going to have to be. Because one one particular scripture in the Bible that I remember um, is that we're overcomers by the word of you know by the blood of the Lamb by the word of our testimony. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you you go through a lot of things and you hurt and yes it does hurt, but a lot of times our our healing and our 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 our, our testimony is not necessarily for us, but if it's, it's for somebody else. And so just by telling my story, I believe I may be able to help someone else speak out before it's too late, right? right. Or tell somebody else before you get to a point of feeling suicidal or feeling like I can't deal with this anymore because there's no safe space for me to voice this. So Wow. Like that is so powerful because we have the Me Too movement for women, mm-hmm. right? But me too. There's boys that are saying me too, me too, yeah. me too. But yeah. something powerful you said, you said, I couldn't tell anybody that this happened to me because I saw women say it happened to them and people didn't, didn't believe. believe them. So why on earth would they believe a boy, a male, yeah. Yeah. a man, even though you were 14, mm-hmm. somebody would do that to them. And, and I want every person listening right now to understand we have to protect our boys just like we protect our girls. This is happening to our sons at a rapid rate. We just don't know about it because they don't have a safe space to heal. They've been taught to put it, push it away, let it go. That's not what it was. You, you weren't assaulted. You know what I'm saying? Like we have to give our men a safe space. The me too, me too, me too movement. Okay. It wasn't just you. It's us too. So, because, and I'm not going to talk about R Kelly, but me too. R. Kelly, me too. He, me too. So yeah, you, yeah. he deserves to be punished for his crime, but he needs to be in psychotherapy and, and exactly. lock him in a mental institution, not a jail cell. Because as soon yeah, as his absolutely. time is up, what do you think he's going to do? Because he didn't deal yeah. with this. He's going to mm-hmm. come out through the same thing. So he needs to be reha- rehabilitated. Yeah. Right. Be, yeah, definitely. I agree. That's, that's the word right there. But we, but we don't give him that grace. Yeah. Because we didn't, they didn't even address that when they showed the little clip of him saying that he was molested by his sister. They didn't right. even address. They just kept right on going. No, right. he me too. Because I'm a mom, I'm a boy mom, so I'm mm-hmm. like, we we not gonna talk about the fact that Andre just said he was violated. We go, oh, we mm-hmm. gonna keep that moving. No, we not doing that okay. no more. So whatever right. way I can support you and your yes. initiatives, please let me know. You you always have my platform. Because true, I always say true plus transparency equals healing. Amen. That's the only way we're going to heal. Yep. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about accountability mm-hmm. as far as males, men, human yeah. men holding each other accountable. Because we see so many men that are doing things they have no business doing. Not just cheating. Because everybody be talking, oh, he cheated. I see men doing stuff out here they got no business doing. What, right. How do we hold them accountable and support? without because nobody wants to be accused Mm -hmm. because that'll shut you down or put you on a defense so how do we help you guys with accountability and how do you help each other Mm -hmm. so one of the first things that i I look at with that um because it's as as men we we are sometimes driven by ego and pride and so we 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 often believe that because because of that we we cannot be we're above correction sometimes we're above reproach and 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 rebuke if you will right but i i think for me per se for me in particular um and this is not to not to you know make anybody else seem like you know or indifferent but um i i often look at it how you know how i was raised 
and how my mom and my grandma raised me to always um, be accountable for the things that I say and do. I was always held accountable for that. I, and, and so it, for me, when it comes to, to, and sometimes you, 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 because of some, you can get caught up in, in who you are sometimes and, 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 and what people view you as. So you, you, you're sometimes uh, not, not open to, to being, you know, somebody holding you accountable for stuff, but you have to have the right people around you. Oh. And pride cannot be a part of that because once you are, you are, you are, you are lifted up in pride and your ego, somebody holding you accountable is, or even you holding yourself accountable or even holding someone else accountable is never gonna happen. And so for me, I'm a part of this men's uh, collective, co collective called Mastermind Connect. And one of the things that we, 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 we do there is not only do we provide a safe space for men, uh, to, to, to be themselves and to, and to, and we not only do we provide community, but we hold each other accountable because I remember when I first, I, I first got separated from, from, um, from my ex and I remember I used to post stuff on social media because I was angry. I was, I was pissed. I was, you know, posting stuff. And I remember two of them in particular would reach out to me and say, Hey, take that down. You know, like take that down and 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 remove that. And I used to want to debate and argue, like, why I'm I'm going through this. And I said, no. Regardless of that, you still you you st you still you still can't do that, <laughs> right? And and so I look at that as accountability because sometimes we all we, we may think we're in the right because we are feeling a certain emotion towards a certain thing or about a certain thing. So we feel like you know what, it's my right to do this or react in this way, even though it's okay for you to feel what you feel. Right. You also have to be accountable, right, for the way you respond and the way you react to those things. Right. Because even though you are human and you may react in a certain way, you still have to be you have to you have to understand that sometimes your reaction may affect a whole bunch of other people. And so you have to be held accountable to that or accountable for that rather. So, uh, yeah, it's it's it, it, it. You first have to have the right about the right people around you. I believe when it comes to accountability, you have to have the right people around you. It has to be a safe space to for you to um you know, hold, hold that person accountable and, and for people to hold you accountable, so to speak. Right. So, yeah. I, I absolutely, absolutely 100% love that because I have my, my core, I call my four girls, my core four, and then some other women who are around me who will all, all the way send me, they won't even say nothing. They'll just send me the eyeballs, you know, the little eyeball. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'll be like, uh oh, and I want, they don't even have to say, take that down. When I mm -hmm. see them eyeballs, I know I'm like, no, nope, because all I hear is you better than that. You, yeah. You better because than if that. You, yeah. Because if you're around a bunch of people who are yes people all the time and people who are, who are just co-signing everything you do, those are not your friends. Those are your indentured servants. Like oh. they're, they're, those are not friends. Like they're just your servants. So they're going to, they're going to, they're going to say yes to everything. And they're going to, uh, uh, you know, you know, to every beckoning call and to everything that you say, they're just going to, you know, just going to, co-sign to it but you can't if, if you have friends around you that can't call you out on your stuff then you don't have friends there's a right. bunch of people and, and we have to be careful of the people that we have around us who mm -hmm. are people pleasers because yeah so many of us and this is this is where we have to be very careful so mm -hmm. many of us men and women and you could tell me if this is about men too don't want to be alone so they say mm -hmm. oh if i tell dre that yeah he might not want to go play basketball. He might not want to hang out with me. So mm -hmm. how do we deal with that of having those people around us who just mm -hmm. really want to be in our presence or they have abandonment issues or, or, mm -hmm. or they don't want to be alone or they're scared or fearful of the consequences of them 
holding you accountable. How do how do we deal with those type of people? Do do we let them go or do we have the conversation with them like, yo, hold hold me accountable to my mess? I, I do believe it's important to have the conversation because it's, because letting them go may not be the best thing for them because a lot of what I learned about people pleasers, um, people who are who are so dedicated to just pleasing people, pleasing people all the time, that's a trauma response. That is a response to some sort of trauma why they feel either they weren't validated when they were younger or or it, it could stem from some parent parental issues, right? Of not feeling appreciated or not feeling like they were worthy or worth it or whatever. So they, they're constantly trying to please someone in order to get that validation and get, you, you, you know, to, to, to get that, that pat on the back. Um, and while there's nothing wrong with being appreciated, but um, yeah, it's, it's okay to have that conversation and say, hey, you know what, hold me accountable. You know, hold me accountable for if, if, you, if you see that I'm, 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 I'm not doing the right thing, or if I have said something to you or done something that hurt you, hold me accountable for it. Like speak up and, and let me know, hey, you know what, this, this thing that you said or this thing that you did actually hurt me. Um, and, and you never know, just by them holding you accountable, maybe able to help, they may be able to help themselves too, to, to actually get to the root of their own issues. So I, I do believe that the conversation is, is worth having with those people. That's good stuff. Tell me if I did something to offend you, because yeah. we, we, we yeah. offend people too. And if people yeah, don't do. tell us, mm -hmm. we, we don't know, because a lot of people yeah. just say, oh, that's just Andre. No, don't just yeah. let that be. No. Don't tell me by no. the way, Todd. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't fly with me at all. I'm not, I'm never the type, oh, that's just that. Nope. No, 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 no. I'm going to let you know exactly how I feel. Um, <laughs> this is, this is what you did. Uh, because the thing about me is I, I can't, I don't pretend well with, with certain, because my face doesn't hide certain things. <laughs> so it's like, if I'm not, if I'm not too pleased, you're going to know. And I'll, I'll never keep you in suspense. I'm trying to figure, like, I, I you're going to know at some point that's something, even if I don't say it right away, you're going to know something is off. <laughs> something is not right. So yeah, got to have those so conversations. In your coaching and when you go and do seminars and webinars, you teach some things. So I'm going to talk about three of them because our time is winding down, but I want to talk about this yeah. for myself. So one mm -hmm. of them is how to deal with difficult people. Yeah. Please give me one tip. So, so <laughs> one, one, one of, because I taught this, oh my God, I taught this seminar so many times. Um, and, and, and normally I, it's, it's for, you know, the corporate world and, and, and people in corporate America. Um, but one of the things that I learned and one thing, one, one, one thing that I do when I'm preparing any sort of seminar, any of these seminars that I used to do, um, I would also look for how I can apply it to myself first, yes. because how I, how I do my seminars, I never want to just go in and like a bunch of slides and whatever. I make it very personal. I make it, you know, so people feel comfortable and people feel open to talk. Um, and so one of the things with that, one, one thing that, that stuck out to me from teaching that was you have to always uh, temper your response because a lot of times people may say things to us, right? And even though we know it's, it's, it may annoy us or may get, it, how you respond to that can actually set the tone for where the rest of the conversation is going to go. Now, I'm not saying you should just sit there and be a pushover for people and have people say whatever they want to you or whatever, but you also, and, and again, it goes along with, with, with and it, that's within, within reason too, right? Depending on the environment, depending on, on the space that you're in, right? Um, you've, you also have to, to, to temper, you, you gotta temper your response because people a lot of times will, will, will say things to get you there, to kind of like prove a point or some, you know, oh, see, I told you that's how they were or this, that, and the third. You have to, gotta temper your response, temper how you respond to things. 
Um, always, and, and I, 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 response has to do also with, 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 with reaction too, because a lot of times we don't, we don't respond, we react. And that's right. also a different thing too, right? You know, we, we, you, you, you gotta, you, that's why I'm saying temper the response, right? Because sometimes the response is not a response, it's a reaction to what the person yep. says. So yeah, you know, temper your response. Sometimes if it means that you got to take some time um, before you even respond to that person to, to center yourself and to, to gather your thoughts, take that time because being reaction, you know, being, being like just reacting sometimes can, can lead to an entirely different situation and then things get out of hand for no reason. Uh, so that's, that's one advice that I would give, just temporary response, take some time to kind of recenter yourself. If it's something that kind of throws you off balance a little bit, depending on what that person, that difficult person said or did to you. That's good. Listen, yeah. walk away, walk away. If you, if this could be used in a job, yeah. in a home, just, yeah. if you need to center your, take five minutes, go somewhere and count to 10 take it, yeah. take time. and think about, you know, cause I always say, whatever somebody says to me, that's them. Yeah. My behavior is me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My behavior is yeah. me. So I try to be me at all times. Cause I try to, you know, I'm loving, I'm kind, I'm nice, I'm understanding. So I try not to let people take me out of that because we right. can conform to the other person. And my mother would always say, when you entertain a fool, you become a fool. That's right. <laughs> That's it right there. That so you're going to turn yeah. into them or you're going to walk away. Mm -hmm. Not, you know, she said, as long as nobody don't put their hands on you. That's it. Yeah. You can yeah. walk away, whatever other people think. And that, that's one of the things too. What do you think about that? A lot of times we react out of what we think other people are going to think about us. Yeah. You know, it, it's that, that right there, it, it, it is true. A lot of times we do react based on what we, you know, we think, people, but, but again, but again, oftentimes when people say things to offend and to throw us off or to, to just, just be downright nasty a lot of times it's a reflection of who they are right, right. and 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 the the age old saying misery loves company it is the truth um they're miserable they want you to be miserable too they want you they want you to be angry too right because right. It, it 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 now kind of takes the focus off of them right and say okay well 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 you know what here's here's somebody else who's just as pissed off and just as angry as i am right, right. so that's why you got you got you got a temporary response you got to you got to got to look at how kind of like measure the situation. And again, it's not a one call close. It's not always going to happen. You're not always going to have a time, the time to temper your response. Because sometimes people say things to you, you're like, listen, you know, you go straight to it, you know, and, and <laughs> so it, it's going to be a trial and error thing, right? It's not a one-time thing. So, don't, you know, by me saying it is not, it's not saying, okay, go out and try it tomorrow. It's going to, it's going to automatically work. No, because again, it depends on the person, the environment and what you're dealing with. But, but as time goes by, just, um, you know, yeah, practice that a little bit more. Um, and, and it's easier said than done. say, well, I don't care what people think about me, but in truth, in fact, we do care. Uh, we do care, but you got to care about what you think about you more yes. than what they actually think about you. So yes, we do yeah. care about what people think about us, but yeah. I, I, I don't care about what people think about me. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do care because yeah. of course I'm not going to be out here wild and acting crazy. Right, 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 right. Business doing at 51 years old. Cause I, I got my sons, you know, we, right, to right, some right. level we have to care, but we yeah. have to have that balance of mm -hmm. if I walk away for the men, if you walk away from a fight because somebody is talking mess, mm -hmm. don't worry about what people think. You be the big right. person. You ain't gonna be mm -hmm. out there scrapping in the street, 51 years old, 50, 45, fighting yeah, somebody because right. they said something to you. Yo, yo, dude. Yeah. As long as you don't put your hands on me, we're good. Cause we That's thinking it. we with our boys or we with our girls, and somebody says something or does something, we gotta, we gotta keep a certain way. 
Mm -hmm. Right. So we're not doing that anymore. Managing emotions under pressure. Oh, Help man. me. I, I mean, listen, pressure Ooh. will make you do some stuff and your emotions will get the best of you. Yes. Wow. So it, in, in, in reference to that managing emotions under pressure, because I mean, I've, I've been through some, some things, right. That, have, that, that have put some incredible amounts of pressure on me. Um, but one thing I've learned to do is to kind of evaluate um, what's happening. And again, this is not, it's not something that you, you're going to be able to do often, but just reevaluate and take a step back um, and look at it like, okay, do I need to respond or react this way? Or do I really need to look at it, look at it this way? Right. But actually focus on, on, on the ways that I can actually make this thing better. Um, and what is it trying to teach me? Right. What can I get out of this? What are some of the lessons that are involved in this? Um, instead of just, you know, just succumbing to the pressure and just, and, and, and just reacting based off, based off the pressure, but managing those emotions. Now it's easier said than done. Right? It's, it's way easier said than done because depending on what is causing the pressure it can cause your emotions to, 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 to run wild, but just, just taking a step back uh, at times and just kind of reevaluating everything and, and, and kind of seeing where you're kind of, when you take a step back, budget out your, your, your energy, right. And budget out to, to see where you're because you may be putting more energy into one place or one particular thing that really doesn't deserve all of that energy. Right. And so because of that, then, you know, the pressure starts to build up from these other things. So kind of like budget out your energy and see where you can put things and where you can, you know, you can divide up your, your energy in order to not make it feel so much of, you know, a big pressure to actually right. get things done or to get through a particular situation. So and that will actually help to some degree. And I'm not, I'm not a mental health professional, but uh, right. just, just from what worked for me, right. Just take a step back because it's easy to get caught up in emotions. Sometimes it's, it's very, very easy because again, we are humans and we have our feelings and, and we have to feel them, but um, just, just taking a step back sometimes and reevaluating everything. And then yeah, uh, who, I used, out that listen, who I used to be, I'm yeah. glad I ain't got no more because I will bust the windows out your car. Because <laughs> my emotions would get the best of me. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. I would take that minute, I would be in that emotion and I would yeah. be like, oh, you going to do that? Okay, I got right. you. Mm -hmm. I could, I could yep. match that. So I'm just right. glad I'm not there anymore. And I just like this, the steps that you mm -hmm. give because people need yeah. help and sometimes they yeah. don't know how to ask for help. So right. last thing, and then I'm, uh, I'm going to let you tell everybody where they can find you. And, you know, just to connect with you, the men, I want the men to have a space mm -hmm. to go, to be able to just let some things go. How mm -hmm. important is constructive criticism? Uh, how important is constructive criticism? If we, I think with that, with the, and I'm gonna use the two words, constructive criticism. I think a lot of focus is based, a lot of focus is placed on the word criticism rather than the constructive part. Because constructive derived from the word construct, right? And if you look at construction, it's actually building something up, right? It's building, it's, it's putting together something, it's, 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 um, it's, it's establishing something, right? So if, if we focus on the constructive part of it instead of just the word criticism, then that will make it a little, a little bit easier to digest and to know that whatever this person is saying, again, depending on whoever this is, it's coming from a place uh, that is that is that is meant to build me up, and whatever they're saying to me, it's meant to take me to the next level of my life, and not necessarily build me down. When it's just criticism, then you got to question that. But if it's constructive, then you got to look at the, the the fact that it's it's there to actually build you up and not to tear you down. 
So of Woo! course that depends whoever it is, and it depends on the situation again. Um, so yeah, and you got you gotta you gotta in that moment uh, look at it like okay, because you you'll know constructive criticism. You'll know when it is constructive criticism. You will right. know. You'll know from when it's just somebody trying to tear you down or just 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 being completely negative. You'll know. You'll know. But don't focus so much on the criticism part of it, but look at the constructive part of it. How can I use and utilize what this person is telling me to better my life or to further or to correct a certain situation or a certain uh, issue or problem that I may have? How can I use this to make me a better person? So, uh, That's yeah. so good. Just, just a mental vision of yeah. that. The mm -hmm. person is there giving constructive criticism to build you up, like you're building a building and to mm -hmm. elevate you higher. I right. That was good. I, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm good now. Anybody got some constructive <laughs> criticism for me? Don't be coming and just telling me stuff because I don't want to hear all of that. Right. Right. But if it's right. constructive criticism, if you are a person in my circle and you see me, you see some way that I can elevate, you know, or yeah. I can build something different, or you know mm -hmm. something from a blueprint, or you've been down that way, please let yeah. me know. I'm, I'm never yeah. too old to learn. Never. Right. So right. Andre, this has been, if you just yes. tuned in, this is Andre Turnbull, and he is a powerhouse of knowledge and wisdom. Sure. And he has really shared some good stuff from his truth. And if you just tuned in, go back and watch this or go back and listen to this and make sure you just take notes because there was so much juicy, good stuff in here to help us elevate <laughs> to, to our next level. And that's what we need to do. So yes. I want to just give you the opportunity to let us know where we can find you. If you have a book, you selling anything, you have a program, course, whatever it is, please let the people know. So uh, on, on uh, I'm mostly on Instagram. <laughs> Anyways, you can definitely find me on Instagram at Mr. Andre T. That's M-R-A-N-D-R-E-T. Um, I'm also a, a part of uh, this men's collective called Mastermind Connect, which you can also find them on uh, all social media platforms, as well as Brothers in Briefcases, which I'm wearing the hoodie right now. So it's at Brothers in Briefcases on Instagram, on uh, Facebook. And so those two platforms are um, uh, dedicated to, to, to providing a safe space for men uh, to just be and to be themselves. And um, yeah, so you can definitely connect uh, with me in on either one of those. And uh, yeah, in terms of a uh, the book, I, by, by the end of this year, I'm, I'm working on a, a somewhat of a memoir and my own, my own autobiography, if you will, just to kind of tell my story. So I'm working on that. I'm also working on an ebook that I'm, I'm, I'm going to be putting a lot more effort into releasing. But as that time goes by, of course, I'll let you know, Trey, and yeah. uh, you can blast it out and uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that. So uh, yeah, that's, that's about it. That's it. Yes, please. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much yeah. for your time and You're your welcome. truth. You, I have notes. You saw us in there taking notes. I take notes from the right. men. I don't know if <laughs> right, the ladies right. are taking notes, but we're here to learn right. about men. Like we really are yes. here to learn about men from their truth, from their perspective, from their education, from other yeah. men that they've been around, from them, mostly from their experience, from you guys' experiences, because this yeah. is really, really helping me out. Like I said, we were talking a little bit on the back end about my oldest son and this, what yeah. you just talked about like really helped me. And, and I'm gonna have a conversation with him today because we just need to have yeah. a conversation. But awesome. thank you for everybody awesome. who tuned in. And, and if you're listening right now, please like, please share, please leave a review. Let us know what you think. If you have any questions for Andre, please put them in the chat. Or what would you have an email address, Andre, where they can send you an um, email? Uh, yeah, sure. That's uh, andre.turnbull at turnbullenterprises.net. They can send me, um, yeah, definitely yes, send emails. Please there. reach out to yes. Andre if this was helpful to you or if you need more help or you want to do it in a private setting, please send him a DM then. I'm sure he won't mind. And again, thank you, Andre. Remember what thank I tell you, you guys at the end of all my broadcasts, you deserve the best. 
Yes, I'm talking to you. You deserve the best. Now go get it. Peace and blessings. And remember Psalm 147.3, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Psalm 147.3, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Peace and blessings. I will see you guys next time. Awesome.